Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. What a week that was after the final major championship. It is your weekly tee box dysfunction alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy. The podcast hit us up on social media at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E. And we are making Maddie and the Caddy history as we tape this the Monday after the Open because for the first time ever, Caddy and I are both doing this podcast in an international destination, from an international destination. At I'm the, the same time? That's right. That's that's technology. I'm sitting in my hotel room in the Bahamas at Bahamar, and Caddy, you are still across the pond. I am Is that correct? Sitting, I am sitting in a hotel room in Dublin, Ireland. I am in Ireland proper as we drove from Northern Ireland this morning, played Royal County down, and then drove to Ireland because my flight is out of Dublin tomorrow morning. So if 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 the uh, technology sounds a little dicey, if we don't have the normal sexy, low voice bass in our voice that we typically do with our studio quality equipment, uh, we apologize. But it's it's because uh, you, the patron, it, you're that important to us that 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 we we figured we'd go. We you know what, Caddy, this is how we look without makeup on. <laughs> this is you sound like you sound like because you on vacation and your voice sounds like that because I'm sure the pina coladas and margaritas have been flowing. Let me tell you something. I'm a big when I'm on vacation, I'm big into the local what's the local beer? And here at In Baja the, Mar it's it's either Calic or Sands. Yeah, Sands is Sands is the Bahamian beer and Calic is is like a some of it's made on the Bahamas, and some of it's made in Jamaica. Yep. And so those, so, those have been flowing quite nicely. I'm celebrating my beautiful wife's right birthday. Across. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah, so we're here for the birthday celebration. It's actually her birthday the morning that I'm, I'm recording this, Monday. So um, if, yes. if we were ever going to play a quick round of golf, this is probably how we should go about it. You're not playing no golf on wifey's birthday, unless you've sent her to the spa for two or three hours. And oh, no, if that's using... the case, then Royal Blue, the golf course there at the Baja Mar, already played nice. it. Already yeah. played it. You're welcome. Your boy almost got a hole in one on 16. What? How yep, close? Hit a, hit a cut down nine, and it hit the flagstick in the air. What? And we thought it dropped in, and it, it hit the flagstick. Dropped and kicked a little bit of a right. I had a four foot putt for Birdie. Please tell me that you made the putt. Oh, hell no, I didn't make the putt. <laughs> hey, don't feel bad. I played the number one rated golf course in the world today. World. Really? This is not, not just in the UK, not in Ireland or Northern Ireland. Not, this is number rated golf. Look it up. Golf Digest. Golf course is outside the United States. The number one golf course in the world is where I teed it up at Royal County Down. Didn't make one birdie. Not one. When we teed it up, it was blowing almost 40. 
It was awesome. I, it was so, awesome. I don't often expect you to make birdies anyway. How many pars did you make? Um, I had the five or six pars. Really? Yeah, and I had a couple of a couple more par looks. I also had three triples and two doubles. There we go. There so, we go. That, that's, I played. That's... I played Castle Rock. For people who play internationally, I played in Northern Ireland, close to Royal Port Rush. I played a course called Castle Rock, and I played it with one golf ball, eighteen holes, one golf ball. And guys from the Golf Channel and a bunch of our guys from ESPN played. And the only reason that I was believed to be able to have accomplished this feat is because I had three witnesses. Actually, five witnesses because we played six of us, two threesomes. And so there were five witnesses to me playing 18 holes at Castle Rock with one golf ball. And then turned around the next day and played Bally Castle and played that 18 with one golf ball. Actually shot 37 on the back nine. Wow. With the, yeah, man, I started hitting it really good, brother. But here's the thing that stinks. Both of those rounds, the first two rounds I played were with rental clubs. The third round that I played at Bally Castle as well, after shooting that back nine 37, uh-huh. I get my own clubs. I'm all happy. Blew up. See, Lost like know, three golf balls, just man. Yeah, because I I'm played with rental sticks at, at, at Royal Blue, Baja. but it's the same. But yeah. here's the, all that proves is it's it's not about it's about the player. That's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It ain't the arrows. It just ain't the arrows. Although well, I will say, the, and I'll talk to you about it afterwards because I'm not going to do it here. But I'm going to say one set of rental clubs that I used, I hit them. Really, really good. Uh oh. <laughs> I know. There might so, be competition for the caddies' left-handed game in golf, so we'll get. To, I have so many things I want to get to. Coming to the bag, bro. Which can I also say? Kudos to my guys at UFO Tour Golf who made the ESPN golf bag. From when I had it out at the SB's tournament through every this Baja Mar, everywhere this bag has been. It gets crazy props, man. Crazy props. Even from some of the tour pros were like, man, I love that ESPN golf bag. So I'm thinking maybe me and you do a little something together, get a couple of these golf bags, put them in a couple shops, sign a couple. See what I'm saying? So look, sold. You don't, right. you, you don't need to convince me. That sounds like a great idea. We'll get into because there's so many things I want to unpack, uh, this week and, and because it's, it's my beautiful wife's birthday. I, I am going to have a countdown clock to get all of it in. Um, and by the way, I might be interrupted in the middle of this podcast. I ordered her breakfast in bed and room service. So, you know, Look I, at can't, you. can't I tell you what? I'm playing with Pro V once today. None of this pinnacle stuff. Like, I'm going yes, right. You are, I'm going, and I'm staying yeah. next door to another distillery. So it's, bruh. We it's all play. adding up. Yes. <laughs> all right. So let's start with why we do this podcast golf and talk about the final major championship of the season. And we'll start with the winner, Shane Lowry, who was finally able to put together four solid rounds of major championship golf at 32 years old. He wins his first major championship. It's a tremendous story because we often see Lowry 
find his way near a leaderboard in the first couple of rounds. Oh, only to see him, yep, yeah. only to see him fade out a little bit. But you were there, you were on the ground. That Lowry, from start to finish, especially going to the weekend, never left any doubt that he was going to win this thing. See, this was the thing. The 63 that he put up there on Saturday to put himself in that position and give himself a four-shot lead, I'm telling you, dude, for people who don't understand, there has been tension between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is a part of the UK. Ireland is its own country. And they are very separate and very different. And the, here's a big thing. When you come to Ireland in Dublin, the money that you used in Northern Ireland, no good. They use euros. The fact that Shane Lowry had the whole... Now, Shane Lowry is from Ireland, not right. Northern Ireland. Rory is from Northern Ireland. Big difference. The funny thing is, when they play golf stuff, they normally played it together. But, like, for the Olympics... They split and like Rory's gonna, he's gonna play for Ireland, not Great Britain, which would, he would have the choice to do. That being said, with all the history between these two people, these two clans, you could say, everyone was all in as Shane Lowry. Everyone was just Irish, period. Mm -hmm. They were singing to him doing chants, and he was eating it up. And then the biggest moment for him came on the first hole on Sunday. Lowry had a putt for bogey, and Fleetwood had a putt for birdie. And if Fleetwood makes and Lowry misses, that's a three-shot swing with a four-shot lead. That means he's going to the second hole with a one-shot lead. And you know what? Lowry made his putt, and Fleetwood missed his. So he only was down one shot. And Lowry in his head even said it. If he would have missed and Fleetwood would have made, he doesn't know that he would have won. Right. Because he was so unsure and so shook being there. This is a dude, he missed four open championships. The last four open championships, he's missed the cut. He said at his presser on Thursday of Carnoustie after the round, he sat in his courtesy car and cried like that's what the game did to this man and in yeah, one he year said he's golf wasn't from his, that. yeah the nah, golf wasn't his friend that he hated exactly him. exactly we all go through that but not at, at his level it's amazing to, to think like this dude was sitting in the courtesy car tears streaming down his face like i hate this game i don't even want to play tomorrow where most of most of us are i hate this game what time are we teeing up tomorrow like, we're going to play anyway. But when you do it for a job, and to think that he has – and he gave a lot of props to so many people around him, and including his caddy, who wouldn't let him get ahead of himself. And he said that he was – he had a tough time sleeping, and he spent a lot of the day, like, fighting that, thinking of what happens when I win instead of I'm on the fifth hole, what shot am I going to hit? And that was – you got to give a lot of credit to his caddy, Bo, who had a two-week-old baby who was there. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it it was one of those tournaments where, I mean, you know, you saw Fleetwood make a little bit of a run. At one point, you saw Lee Westwood making a run. J.B. Holmes was in contention. 
Brooks <laughs> was around. <laughs> and then about, it just it just all started about, to separate. Yeah, well, how about like Brooks Kepka he his ball striking was as good if not better than Shane Lowry until Sunday. He couldn't make a putt to save his booty. And nope. then he gets paired with JB Holmes and it was like you know, and you feel bad, too, because everybody knows J.B. Holmes is slow, right? Yeah, okay, he's slow. We get it. But slow and playing bad together is a horrid combination. And you can see it got under the skin a little bit of Brooks Kepka, where he was walking off of one green, and he looks at the official that's with them, like gives him the laser beam eyes, and then looks down at the fake, at the you know, hypothetical watch that's on his wrist and points to his wrist. Like, at no time, J.B. Holmes was never put on the clock. Never. So as much as people were freaking out about how many times he backed off, I, I even put on Twitter, and I was joking, but people really took to it. I said J.B. Holmes' practice swings are a lot like what Sergio's regrips used to be. <laughs> Remember when Sergio would regrip? Yeah, he the would regrip, yes. waggle, regrip, yep. Yeah, JB Holmes looked his his practice swings and back offs became kind of like that, you know, and it was driving people crazy. Look, there was no secret that Kepka was ticked off about it. He talked about it after the round, like he just didn't, he wasn't happy about it. And he and tried Kep- to be nice when he said, "Well, he's not as slow. He wasn't as slow as he normally is." <laughs> like that's just being nice because the dude just shot one hundred and thirty eight. In a major, right. you know, and went from where he could have had a paycheck for a million dollars for second place to now this dude made what twenty five thousand dollars. He cashed a lot of checks. I know his cat has got to be like crying. Well, Kepka said afterwards, you know, he he played kind of the high card and said I didn't think he was that bad today. I thought he was all right, but the, the TV cameras would say otherwise. And then he would go on to say. I'm ready to go most of the time. That's what I don't understand. When it's your turn to hit, your glove is not on. Then you start thinking about it. That's where the problem lies. Yeah. So, look, I mean, there were so many things because of how Lowry was playing. The undercard storylines ended up being better. Uh, Lowry, the winner, is a great story. There's all the video of him across the the pubs in Ireland and everyone, like you said, it wasn't Northern Ireland versus Ireland. Everybody was Irish for a day. Mm. Um, but the, if, if we're talking Northern Ireland, there was one story that I found absolutely stunning, and it was the implosion of Rory McIlroy. I, yeah, but I don't know that I would call it an implosion. He had two devastating holes that he couldn't make up for on Thursday. And well, Thursday Rory, he was brilliant. No, Friday he was brilliant. I'm sorry, Friday he was brilliant, yes. Friday, Friday, the valor that he showed fighting back so hard to try and make the cut and coming that close. Thursday, that he I mean you could say he missed the he missed the cut because of the one putt that he kind of half assed. Yep. That he just wiped at. And that's what's like, stunning to me. I don't know that that's stunning. I think it happens in frustration sometimes when things are going so bad and you get so shook. You just – you're like, I I don't think this is real. This is a nightmare. And then when you that nightmare gets worse because you're like, oh, I don't believe this. And you just 
whap at it. Oh no, no, what? Like even that doesn't go in. Um, I think that guy held the weight of two countries on his shoulders on Thursday, and it wasn't fair for him to do it. And he didn't have to do it, but I think it's just human nature that he did. Um, but the emotion that he showed after missing the cut about how much that it would have meant to him and, and how bad he wanted to play the weekend here, you know, at home in front of his friends and family. I think Rory may have gained some fans that found him to be either boring or somewhat aloof. I think that really humanized him. And I also think it goes a long way for that golf course is going to be in the open rota on the regular now. At least yeah. it better be. It better yeah, it's a good be. course. Good layout. Yeah. RNA again did a fantastic job. They let the course speak for itself. They let Mother Nature do her thing. Yeah, it's funny. The the stint meter on Thursday and Friday ran about 10-2 and then 10-5. Saturday it ran almost 11. They got the greens a little quicker. Sunday they backed them down to nine, nine, six, nine and a half. Um, for people who don't understand what a stint meter is, it's the speed of the greens, and then they use a device that measures how far the ball rolls when it comes off of this device, and it always releases at the same height. So you know every time how how far a ball rolls. So if it rolls nine point six inches, then the stint is nine six. To compare the Open Championship at anywhere between 9 inches and 11 inches to Augusta National, whose greens run anywhere between 13.5 and 15.5. So imagine hitting a putt and it coming up like if you're hitting an uphill putt, it's going to come up almost a foot short. And if you're hitting a downhill putt, it's going to go by the hole if you hit a downhill putt that you think greens are nines and they're running 15s, you're going to hit a ball back to the fairway. <laughs> That's the difference in speed. It's like the difference between putting on carpet and putting in your bathtub. But again, and 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 they let they kind of just let the course do its thing, and we kind of veered off Rory for a minute to just get into the layout of the course. I just never thought I'd see the day especially with the familiarity where we had, and I get all the otherworldly pressure. And I know that's why you said you were, you were shocked. He was the favorite. Yes. Uh, I'd look again. I understood why he was the favorite. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I said that I understood why he was the favorite. I just never thought I'd see the day where Rory would start a major championship, essentially on his home course with a quadruple bogey and then bookend it on 18 with with a a triple triple bogey. (laughs) I don't, but why not? I don't, because he's I don't, a world – He again, I still believe that when he's at peak, he's the best player in the world. And the, the best player is, in the world doesn't go quadruple bogey, triple bogey, at a course where he owns the course record. Yes, he shot – he did shoot a 61 there. But remember, he was 16 years old. That was 14 years ago. He did not have the weight of anything on him at that time. That's he true. He was just a 16-year-old phenom who went out and lit it up. And it wasn't like he was playing for his country. It wasn't like he was playing for the Open Championship. He was just out there playing 
and lighting it up. And lo and behold, here comes a whole bunch of people because they hear about how hot his his game is going right there. I mean, it, that's it's completely. But that's one of the things in golf is people as as golfers. My and I look, I include myself in this. We have a tough time separating era. And so if a dude shoots 61, we're like, well, that dude shot 61. He can shoot 61 anytime. No, he can't. Like, you do that one time when you're 16 years old. When you get there when you're 30 and married and have some baggage when it comes to mental baggage that you might be dragging around with you, Masters starts there. You, you might have a little bit of a tough time. And that first hole had white stick left and right. You basically, if you miss that fairway 20 yards left, you're reteeing. If you miss it 17 yards right, you're reteeing. Rory got unlucky and hit a marshal's leg and kicked the wrong way and went outside the white stake, retee it up. So it's like at that meltdown, I don't understand how people were surprised. I don't understand, like, people, I don't, how does Rory do something like that? Because if you're as jacked up as you would be at the Ryder Cup, but now you don't have teammates, bad things, if it's going to happen, is going to happen on the first hole. And then trying to fight back when Mother Nature is fighting against you is really hard. And by the time he got to 18, nothing was left in the tank. Man, it was, the adrenaline was gone like Kaiser Soze. And you called it, you nailed it, like, in the preview about how hard that that hole could be. Yeah, and me and Bob did that video. It just, it, it's not, look, it it still shouldn't be something he did. Bottom line, he should not, that should not have been how Rory started and ended it. And look, and you're right. You're talking about the one, the the temper putt where he tried to just swipe it in. Your Rory McIlroy's major championship season ended on the first hole. If you really want to break it down, yeah, that that yeah. It, in one hole he was out of contention. And we say this all the time in golf: you can't win a major win. in the first round, but you can lose it. Yep. You can't win on Thursday, but boy, you can lose on Thursday. And Rory lost on Thursday. I mean, what a uh, kudos to the valiant effort coming back. But what are you going to do? I think Brooks Koepka, though. I mean, think here's something that's weird. It's July, and we're yeah. done with two hundred six two hundred sixty days to the Masters. That's just not right, yo. It's not right, and and that means like. What's up? What's up next? Like we're gonna see. We ain't seen Tiger till the playoffs, and I I don't want to say I told you so with Tiger. No, dude, let's do it. That's a great segue. Let's get into Tiger because <laughs> I mean, look, if I if we started the season, one of us said this, the other one wouldn't. But at the beginning of the season, if I'd have told you Tiger Woods is gonna win one major championship, you would have laughed because you didn't believe in Tiger. But anybody in golf would have taken it. And so here we wrap up the major championship season, and Tiger Woods won his 15th major. He won the Masters. And so by all accounts, this major championship season, regardless of him missing cuts at the PGA Championship, now at the (sighs) Open Championship, this major championship season was an overwhelming success for Tiger Woods. What? 
Okay, see, this is where we differ because I already know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to throw it out there for all of our listeners. You're satisfied with Tiger in the majors this year? Yes. But you're saying that only because he won the Masters. That's right. If he would have won, the, let's say he wins the U.S. Open at Pebble and then didn't, like he played bad at the Masters, missed the cut right. at the PGA, missed the cut at the Open Championship, you would have been cool with that too? Like Tiger I, playing bad in majors but winning one, you're cool with that. I'm, I'm going to give you – I'm going to answer that question a minute. Give you play by play here. We have the uh, birthday breakfast arriving here at the Berry Suite in Baja Mar. There better be some unhealthy stuff in there if it's birthday breakfast. Yeah, there is. There's bacon uh, and there's pancakes. Yes. Um, but Thank I goodness don't, they know how to do bacon in the Baja Mar, Brock. And I just but tell I, you, I don't in see the, the UK hang bacon on. sucks. Go. They missed the most important part of the breakfast. And the guy's looking at me grinning. He's like, the mimosa. We forgot yeah. the mimosa. <laughs> he already knew. Now we have a bogey. It's a bogey from Baja Mar yeah. on birthday breakfast morning. The phones are ringing. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Is at least it not raining outside? Oh, and that's the other thing. It's pouring rain. Oh, well, then it's a perfect day to just stay in bed, have breakfast. Ooh. Rent yeah. A movie or something. Yeah, man. Lightning or, or and, casino. Hello. Thunder and lightning. But all right. So back to the actual tiger question. We'll fix the calamity that is the uh, mimosa in a minute. <laughs> he runs um, and get the mimosa. He'll get it. Oh, he'll come back up with a magnum of. of, <laughs> of uh, so yeah, look. You can't convince me it, if Tiger would have won the Masters, which he did. And right. then withdrew, withdrew from every other major. I'd still say the major championship season was a wild success for Tiger. He did something no one thought he could do. I would, I would have felt better if he would have won the Masters and just been like, "Hey, everyone, I'm really after this. I'm shutting it down for the rest of the year. So, thanks for coming out. I'm gonna take some time with my family. Like that for me would have been more satisfactory." I told you, I told you, we talked about this. This new condensed schedule sucks. Nope. The only person who this schedule worked for, who can look back at this major championship season and said, pretty good, had a chance at all of them, Brooks Kepka. That's it. He's the only dude that can look back and go, yep, got it right. Got it right. And I got to go to the ESPYs. You see me and my girl showing out? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, he's the only one. You're not going to tell me it was a successful major season when Tiger wins the Masters and then can't play another tournament until the PGA Championship, shows up there, and Brooks beats him by 17 and sends him home, and now we don't see him again until Pebble, and he shows up at Pebble where everybody's talking the same stuff. Hey, Tiger's going to have a chance because remember, remember how he played at Pebble in 2000? Yeah. Do I remember how he played 19 years ago? Are you serious? Are you serious? And he does what he does there. And then he shows up at the open there, but I say, that's all right. He doesn't need to get any practice in. He can just hit stingers all over the place. Yeah. He can sting it in the left rough. Then he can sting it in the right rough. He can sting it all over the place. And then he can sting his behind right back onto his plane on Friday night and fly back home. And talk about, I'm tired. You're, you're tired. Yeah, I was on vacation. 
Let me get this straight. You were three weeks on vacation with your mom and your kids, and you over here talking about, I just need to go home. I don't want to hear it. I've slept in my bed at my house since May 1st, four nights. I don't want to hear about you being tired, yo. Yeah, but I just, no, I get it. But again, this guy's career was over. He's the most talented player in golf history. True that. He won another Masters. Yes. That's that, that's it. And just you, to invoke the great Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. He played, won the Masters, end of story. He got what then he Then why did he play at the other three majors? If, that's, he has if you're to. using Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, then he did not play the PGA to win the game. He did not he play got the U.S. Open to win the U.S. Open. But he, so then don't play. His. Don't play. Don't I agree. show up. Don't just show up to show up. Because it's your fault if you say, if I show up, I'm here to win. No, you're not. Because you even admitted it at the Open. Uh, not necessarily where I want to be in my preparation, you know. And well, I'm okay then, with that. You don't have to, st- like, it was nice that he was in Northern Ireland. First time we was back there in 48 years or 58 years? 68. Uh, 68 years, give or take. <laughs> It was awesome that he was there to be a part of it, but then it was very disappointing with the performance that was there. But not surprising. It was not surprising. It was disappointing, not surprising. And I'm – look, don't get me wrong. I'm totally cool. I would have been fine if Tiger would have been like, hey, look, I've been traveling around Thailand with my mom, and she's been wanting to show me and my kids all of the places where she's from – because this was probably the last time she was going to be able to travel and do that. And it just took a lot out of us. So family comes first. Good looking out. I'll see y'all next Open Championship. Like, who's going to complain if Tiger does that? I'm oh, cool people, with him doing that. People would have complained because they like, look, That I agree with you. Let me say 100%. But Brand's Tiger is not going to let people in like that. Yeah, I know. And it's not fair. I, I, I'll be the first right, one to say, too, it's not fair to him. Like, it's not fair that that dude can't do that without – because he knows, like, I'm doing the air quotes, corporate Tiger is going to take such a hit. Like, that's bull. It ain't fair. But, you know, I know he didn't sign up for it, but now, you know, what, what are we going to expect to see from him later on? You know, the good thing is because he didn't play on the weekend, I got to sleep in and then test them waters out over there. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. we're 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 gonna get wow. into all of this. All right, so when we come back, here's what we're gonna do: um, whiskey swimming, and I don't know about the distillery I'm staying next to right now. Though I gotta go well, check it out. Ha-ha. Let's let's talk about. All right, we, we're gonna wrap up. I think next week we'll do a year in review of the majors and talk about who won them, yes. who lost them, etc. So we'll we'll save that for next week because now that the major championship season is over. We're 260 days away from the Masters, <laughs> so we can kind of regroup and look at all of them from the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, and now the Open Championship. When we come back, what we'll do is we'll get into your distillery tour uh, from the other day and why in the hell you were naked <laughs> on SportsCenter. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, but first, I want everyone to win Father's Day like I won Father's Day Thanks to Butcher Box. Grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, wild caught sockeye salmon from Bristol Bay, Bristol Bay, Alaska. 
butcher box. It, it's fantastic. Over 20 different cuts of meat to choose from. And I honestly, it's, 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 it's grilling season. I could use some butcher box right now with me in the Bahamas, even though the food out here is fantastic. Butcher box, you can make every meal a memorable one, especially here in the middle of summer. It's delivered right to your door with free shipping, no added hormones or antibiotics ever. So here's what we're asking of you. Butcher box is offering new members free bacon. Yes, free bacon. bacon. For the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box when you sign up at ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. You heard that right. Free bacon for bacon. the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. All right. We all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. Now, to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers. 10% off your first ticket order to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. First-time customers, use the promo code GOLF for 10% off your first Vivid Seats order. Every purchase backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts, games, to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code GOLF for 10% off your first order on Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, welcome back to Maddie and Caddy. Uh, Shane Lowry wins the Open Championship. Uh, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy disappointingly missed the cut. Next week we will break Phil down too. winners and losers. Yeah, well, <laughs> we we let's just say our expectations for Phil were were less than the amount of weight he lost. I, yeah, but um, I did talk to him about that fast though, and he that's what you were saying me, in the last. week. He showed podcast. me a shirtless picture. Yeah, so, we're not gonna, speaking of shirtless, great segue, your bro. Oh, I'm good like that. Banana so, Izod. Izod never reached out. What does that tell you? All right. I was all not. Right. You know what? I wear two under. I wear the two under underwear anyway. Those are the best underwear to travel with. It's they funny. You asked thing. me for my sizes for two under, and I never received mine in the mail. Um, and the funny thing was the guy from two under, like this dude never says nothing when I'm giving shouts out to two under all the time on social media. But, boy, I got one pair of Izod's on with bananas all over them because I thought that was kind of funny. And because the reason I had those on, they didn't have a fly in the front. So there would be no wardrobe malfunction. See what I'm saying? I'm trying to save people. Oh, good. (laughs) Prevent therapy. (laughs) Well, there's already some therapy going on. I was not not on my normal Sports Center AM this this weekend, this last weekend, because I'm on vacation. And what happens the first weekend? I'm not on the desk in quite some time. <laughs> I check social media and I see Collins <laughs> shirtless in underwear diving into the ocean. The North Atlantic. Not, what happened? Just not diving into the ocean. Okay, so... When we got number one, we'll start with the travel travails where all the luggage gets lost and doesn't show up until Monday. All right. So 
when I land, I'm, I gotta go shopping, right? Cause God, I'm not gonna be in the same clothes from Friday until Monday. That'd be nasty. And as I go down into the city of the town of Port Rush, there's, it's a beach community. It's a beach town like the Jersey Shore, except the water was 16 degrees Celsius, which translates to 62. And there are people and kids too, just swimming. Now there are people in there with full on wetsuits, like they're doing surfing and boogie boarding and stuff, but there are kids in there, swim trunks, and that's it. And there are older people in there doing it too. I will say I didn't see any skinny people other than the kids. All the skinny people had wetsuits on. All the guys is shaped like me, nothing. They just in there floating around. And I was like, oh, heck no. Nah. And when I found out the temperature, I was like, there's no, why do people swim in there? So I made fun of it a couple times. And I was like, you know what? I stopped doing that because my fat butt has not been in that water. Like, how am I going to make fun of people if I don't ever do it? So I got the bright idea to, I'm going to go get in that water just to see what it's like. Now, from the pro shop was like, nah, no, we don't go swimming in there. And another guy was like, yeah, we definitely go. We'll go New Year's Day when it's one. I was like, I'm not doing that. And he goes, but it's really good for inflammation. And it's really good. It's like a good cryo, I guess. And I kept thinking, well, it must be like when guys jump in the ice bathtub, right? Right. After a big workout. So we go down. I tell, talk to the camera guy and producer, Eric Lundston. And he's like, absolutely, let's do it. So we go down there and there's a lifeguard and he's like in a full ski suit. And I don't mean water ski. I mean, like, this dude is ready for Aspen. <laughs> and, and he was like, are you going in? I was yeah. Ooh. Then I was like, hey, can we record you? Said, yeah, sure. And I, you know, we, he did the line. And I said, what can I expect when I go in this water that's 12 degrees? And he just, one word, pain. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, if I get in trouble, you're going to come save me? He's like, nah, that water's cold, man. I'm not coming in there. You made a choice, <laughs> basically. And so that day, Saturday, the water temperature was 12 degrees Celsius, which translates to like 52, 53 Fahrenheit. Oof. And the worst part was it was low tide. And I'm like, well, I'm not going in there fully clothed. Like that would be kind of a punk move. So I found those pair of Izod underwear that didn't have a fly on the front. And now I got to make a 50-yard run through the little water to get to where I can jump in and submerge. And can I just tell you, like the first couple times that that water splashed up and hit my Titleists, boy, like I literally thought, I mean, all guys go through this when they hit the cold water. Those things, oh, yeah. like a, it's a turtle. It turns into a turtle. So you do the Costanza, right? And man, but it's like, you know, once you make up your mind, you're going. That's it. You just that's you it. power you go. through. And, but I can tell you, like, when I dove in that first wave, when I popped up, I couldn't catch my breath. Oh, I bet. It was a, it was, look, you had, you had, I mean, you were a six-year-old again, and you probably couldn't breathe. Yeah, 
And then I popped up and I was like, whoa. And I dive into another wave and I turn and look and I see how far it was. Well, first when I popped up, I dove into the first one. And as I'm underwater, I feel the, the drawers dip down a little bit. And I was like, oh, no. But I thought, oh, I'm deep enough. And as soon as I popped up, I was like, uh-oh. You know, and so I was like, oh, I hope I didn't show crack on that one. I yanked up the pants, my drawers a little bit, and then dove in again, and that was cool, and then ran back to the shore. And literally, when I got within 50 yards of them, I felt like I felt like I was running at Baywatch, and it, it was everything was in slow motion. Oh, and it was, trust me. Yeah, the, and the guy told me, too, the one guy who said he was going swimming out there, he goes, it's awesome. Your body feels all tingly. It's not awesome. And the reason your body feels tingly is because it's shutting down. <laughs> like, it's it's making corporate decisions. Like, we don't need our arms to stay alive, right? We don't need from the knees down. So we can shut off all the blood flow to all of those. We don't need those no more. Like, we're going to live. Like, this is going to last. So when Eric handed me the microphone when I finally got to them, I could not catch my breath to talk on camera. It was it was crazy. But I will say this. About 30 minutes after we finished, I felt awesome. Like I, I literally felt like I could climb a mountain. Which is a, it's a that's a wild feeling. And I know yeah. that energy that feeling that energized was just because I did that. Now, are you aware that when you dove in the water on live television that your drawers came down and that the entire country could see? I mean, are you aware that happened? I am now. It yeah, is you're, kinda, it is yeah, ironic. Your pants it's ironic that it was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. That is true. Michael, Michael Collins did take Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong, I was the loneliest dude. You're just patriotic, in the universe. I guess. Yeah, that's I am. I'm just, you know, I was giving a shout out to my astronaut brother. Sometimes who, I think like the TV gods do do people favors, and I'm I'm trying to decide whether it was a good thing for American sports television <laughs> viewers that I wasn't on set for this. Yeah, man. <laughs> I no, can't decide. No, no, Eric already. Both Eric and I are in full agreement that I don't have I, like L's reaction was the one of the greatest ever. But if you two would have been together, that would have taken it to the next level. And the only reason I say that's not a slight on the bill, but no. I don't, we don't know each other. I've never met him and he's never met me. Right. So we have no history together whatsoever. That was our first interaction ever on sports center. So if it would have been you, like you and L, if you would have seen that on live television, because L saw actual saw the crack, she saw the moon. Where yeah, a lot I of love did. the fact that they used the SC to blur it out. How great <laughs> was that? Yeah, yeah. Sports Center, but <laughs> which was hilarious. But it was a. Uh, I wish you would have been on Eric Lunston, Lunston too, man. My 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 producer who was awesome. He even said, like, if you would have been on, you know, or or Eves or Jay Harris, 
you know, Randy Scott, like if any of the if any of the dudes that really know me well, if they would have been on there. You know the funniest part about after that air so Sports Nation put it up on social media, yeah, on their Instagram and stuff and Sports Center. Sports Center sent it out as an alert, which I was like, that's just cruel to do that on a Saturday morning to people. They think they're getting a sports highlight and it's my bear behind. Yeah. Um, which yeah, they got, think they're getting an alert of like stuff, and all of a sudden they they get dunk. they get your no. stuff. Yeah, yeah. My dunk was not the dunk you was thinking of. And so, what was the reaction? Give me give me some reaction. The best was that a lot. So one half of people were like, "Dude, I did you really just get na- basically naked, looking like you look." with your body and do that for real. Are you crazy? And the other half was like, Oh my gosh, you're so brave to be that comfortable in your own skin, to be able to do something like that and not be afraid or ashamed of people's reaction. Like people said I was brave for doing it, which cracked me up. I was like, what? it's me. Like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide from my body. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my Have you heard from ESPN management? <laughs> no, I have not heard from ESPN management. I was expecting to hear from ESPN's like health and nutrition department. <laughs> it was it was a moment that, you know, it was a moment that I don't know that you were the best ambassador for the United States over there at the Open Championship. <laughs> And I yes, feel I like was. you know why? I feel like this I, is no, why we have such a bad because, reputation as no, Americans. No, man. Sunday, I went into work, and as soon as I got to the security checkpoint, the t- three it was three security dudes standing there that was like, "You going swimming today, brother?" <laughs> like they all knew, they all knew. And then have editor, like, I can't believe you did it. Have editors from ESPN, the magazine, the body issue, contacted you yet? Not yet, but I would not be opposed to doing that. Although, I will say, if I ever got asked to do that, I would say yes, but I would definitely go do like a wax slash electrolysis, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, shaving not going to, I don't want to do that. that, that but just you looks... would, you, there would definitely be some removal. <clears throat> yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would do it. I would do it because I think doing this and be seeing myself like that was like, man, all right, I got to do something. And of course I did it two days after talking to Phil about his fast and seeing how much different he looked, you know, and Kelly Slater has been on me for a while to try and do this 10 day fast thing. Knowing Phil lost 15 pounds right. in six days. The only thing that scares me is the same thing that happened to Phil. And it's the same thing that happened to Carl Pedersen. I've been swinging around a fat belly for a lot of years now. If I lose the belly, is my swing going to fall apart? Because Phil's did. Carl Pedersen actually stopped working out and put weight back on. Because when he got skinny, he couldn't hit the shot. He, he just couldn't swing. Because his body was only used to swinging around like his girth. That well, scares me for real. If if losing weight is the fear because your golf swing will change, then I'd say you have a pretty good life. 
If the yeah, only thing you're worried about yeah. is your golf swing. First word problems. First word uh, which, problems. by the way, I have an update as we uh, wrap up this this edition of Madden Canada. The, the mimosa has arrived. Yes! So we, we, so we have a mimosa. Um, so we'll segue quickly out of what my opinion was the, low, was the low point of our coverage at the Open Championship, uh, a naked Michael Collins in the ocean, <laughs> to um, I'm hoping some of the leftover distillery whiskey was in your system. While you no. made this dive, no, it didn't. No, wasn't. no, no, no. So how? Be, I think that'd be dangerous. But I, I yeah. went to the oldest licensed distillery in Ireland, at least in Northern Ireland. It's called Bushmills, and they got licensed in 1608. And so, okay, here's some stuff. All right, ready? Do you know yep. the difference between Irish whiskey and Scotch? Scotch is whiskey too, and the, the only way you're allowed to call it scotch is if it's made in Scotland. But I'm saying, do you know the difference between the process of how they're made, which is why they taste so different? It's a barrel and age thing, isn't it? No. Good guess, though. But they both use the same aging, and they both use different casks to age in. The difference is how they heat up the mash to extract the first bit of alcohol. Irish whiskey is made using dry heat where they just use straight wood. Interesting. And wood from a fire where scotch is made using wet heat where they burn wet peat moss, which is why scotch sometimes has a real peat mossy finish or flavor to it. And it's because of how they heat up the mash. This is fascinating to me. So yes, it, it's crazy, and so but I just don't put, have the palate for it. I can't. I can't do it. No, nah, man, you can. Here's what you have to do because, it, and there are a lot of different flavors. That's why Kentucky bourbon tastes different than Scotch and 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 Irish whiskey. Like all three of them have very distinct flavors, and there are different little flavors in between, depending on what kind of barrel they aged. The, the whiskey in. So the one whiskey that I had that was 21 years old was aged. The barrels that they use to age that whiskey are grown from one family's farm. So one family farms trees specifically for Bushmills and their barrels. And they only use those barrels for the 21 year whiskey that they age it in. And so then what I also learned was they will age stuff in sherry and they'll age in sherry in, in um, casts that were first used to age sherry and then casts that were first aged with port. And so what they do then is then they'll combine, they'll put the whiskey in each of those barrels for nine years and then combine those two whiskeys into one and finish them in one last barrel. So that's why they have a three-barrel process. So that's what can give different whiskeys different flavors. And I learned that whiskey doesn't get better with age after 20 to 21 years. That all that happens is you lose through evaporation. So the longer that you leave a whiskey in, in a cast barrel, 
the more evaporation you have. So the reason that aged whiskey costs more is because it's lost more through evaporation. So a 21-year whiskey is coming out of a barrel that started full and only has half of the whiskey left in it when they open it to put it in bottles. That's crazy. Could you take and pass a 25-question multiple-choice test on the process of Irish whiskey? Uh, 25 questions? Maybe not. But I could pass a taste testing. Did you I could, buy? Oh, you could. You have an intelligent palate now. I could. T- I could tell the difference between Kentucky bourbon, Scotch, and Irish whiskey. Now I feel right, cause, confident because I've been to a wine tasting and I, eat, you know, you know the process with that. You know, they give you a bunch, they tell you to spit it out, but no one ever does if you're there to right. just get drunk. Which is what's the point of a wine tasting if you're not there to get drunk? Right. Uh, how much? Did and well, you here's taste? the thing with wine, though, because and this is a little bit with scotch and whiskey as well. Everyone's palate is different, so That's like right. when you really talk to real wine connoisseurs, you know they're like, "Oh, you have hints of vanilla and stuff," and you could take a sip and and you could just bull with them and be like, "Oh, I taste hints of chocolate," and they'll go, "Oh yeah, 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 that could be there too." Like, man, shut up! You just people just make it up. Like that's all bull. When they talk about, oh, it finishes with flower. It's a floral finish. Floral. When's the last time you drank a flower? Like, that's stupid. You know, oh, it, it smells. It's fruity. It, I have hints of oatmeal with some dark chocolates and vanillas. But okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, what? but see, that's the path beer snobs are going down also. But that's because they also, they infuse beer with flavors in them. So, and they can do that in in scotches as well. Like they can put a hint of vanilla in, or they can put a little bit of orange in it. Like there are things you can do where you put stuff like that in the barrels, man. It was, I'm telling you, I was, I'm not, I was not like an alcohol geek, but I geeked out on this. And now knowing when we're done, you're going to be just chilling, having mimosas. There is a distillery right across the street from this hotel. And after I get all my luggage and stuff out the car, I'm going over there. Cause I want to try. And are you, you're getting ready. Whiskey. You're getting ready to fly back also. So you could probably knock back a few. Yeah. The thing that kills and then, me too is and you could I, sleep open mouth snoring on your flight. Cause you're whiskey oh, drunk. That's good. No, see, it's the opposite for me. That's the problem. If I have like a glass of whiskey or something, I cannot sleep to save my behind. If I don't have anything to drink, I'm out. I'm the same way with if you give me non-drowsy, like drinks or like whatever, yeah. Sudafed or something like that. If you give me non-drowsy stuff, I'm gonna be jacked up. And if you give me if or if you if you give me the non-drowsy, it knocks me out. If you give me the drowsy stuff, like regular Sudafed, I'm let's party. I'm ready to go. I'm weird so, like that. I don't know why. So did you buy any whiskey from the first distillery? No, because the no. main distiller was like, wait for me and I'll come meet you. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the hookup. Because they had two whiskeys that were exclusive that you could only buy at the distillery. And then I want to get a bottle of that 100 or the 21-year the one. Yeah. They Let me put it this They put a 25-year out that sold for 100 pounds in, in the year 2000. Right now, three thousand pounds. What's for that, that mean? same bottle? Give me the conversion. I don't. I don't speak in poundage. I don't. Whatever. I don't know. It's. I. It's a lot. 
Like, that's a good investment. You've been over there for I, a week and you don't know the conversion rate? I just told you I am now in a country that uses euros. Oh, that's right. See? What am I going to – like, I ain't got time Boy, to be wearing all that. You know, that's what that's what an ATM card is for. That's an ATM machine. It's not <laughs> an ATM machine. That's an automatic <laughs> teller machine machine, number one. Yes, number I'm, two, I'm doing that just on purpose for your, you. Your ESPN expense report is going to be wildly insane. You – I, no, I don't know what, be, you, no, don't know what you're going to get fired for first. Being no, naked American on TV. Airlines is paying for all my clothes. I'm going to tell you that now. I did get a very nice pair of foot joys, the oh, Open Championship Special Edition foot joys, because they lost my clothes, clubs, and shoes. So they paid for my rentals. I got new golf shoes. I might have bought a few Titleists. Feel, feel free to put – Feel free to put out your American Airlines reimbursement fraud out on in public forums. It's not can... fraud. It's not like that my clothes weren't missing. I didn't lie about it. That's not I think fraud. It's, I think it's time really for you gone. to come back to the States. I, th- I think you need to get I'm back to the I'm ready to come home. I'm yeah, ready to, I think so. You said, you said the magic word. You know what's going to bring me home quick? Other than my family, which is the number one reason I want to come home. But yeah. number two is a big one. Bacon. Yeah. And You're, steaks. You remember we talked about but you talked about butcher yeah, box. Butcher earlier? box, yeah. Let me tell you something. These people over here, they do not know what steak is. Uh, if you if you brought Texas steak over here, the emigration would be un you wouldn't be able to stop. We might get invaded <laughs> just for the steak and the bacon. Because their bacon over here is just ham. It's not bacon. It's impossible I, to get crunchy and it's nasty. I feel like you're you're on the doorstep of creating an international incident, and so the second we get you on the flight, the better. I am going to go celebrate my wife's birthday. Happy and, birthday! Uh, and we're going to get everyone home safely. I'm off to Pac-12 Media Days for college football from here in the Bahamas. I'm flying to L.A. Uh, you'll be back, uh, back stateside. To, yeah, hey, I look let me forward. ask you a question. Yeah, I'll ask you one question. Yeah, I got invited to play. In a pro am. Okay. Should I do it? When and where? Well, I don't want to say because I I don't want to. You know, I just want to know. You know how long I've been gone and on the. Road. I need when, I need the when. It's within the next. It's before the playoffs. Would it include you leaving your home? Yes. Firm no. Okay, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I felt like too. I just needed, yeah, I needed your, yeah, I needed you to just validate for me. I need you to validate that no parking stamp. Yeah, you need. There's a part of me that wants to go, you know, because it'd be good promo for us. But then, like, I just I want to I want to be home. I want to go home for a minute. You got to go home. You've been you've been in a couple pro ams. You were at KPMG. Uh, you were at the one in Greenville, South Carolina. I think, I think, like Tiger, you probably need to take a tournament or two off. I agree. Cause the playoffs three weeks in a row too, so it's like, I just, right. I wanna be home. Yeah, I, I, I think, okay. I think the, right, good the, decision. the, uh, the video that America saw of you with no shirt and underwear, I think Mrs. <laughs> Caddy is due to see some no shirt and underwear, if you know what I mean, and I think that you do. Okay, that's a good she spot don't to end see it. That email. <laughs> Uh, for the caddy, Michael Collins. I'm the Maddie. Congratulations if you made it to this point. You listen to History, the first international podcast 
of Maddie and the Caddy. I hope everyone has a great week, and we will look forward to doing this again. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.